It's the Asian Boxing Podcast with Scott and Colin. And Scott, this weekend, there were a couple of fun Japanese title bouts that saw a couple of uh, big winners. Who were those winners this weekend? Those winners were Norihito Tanaka and Ryoichi Tamura, who both claimed Japanese titles this weekend. The first of those was Norihito Tanaka, who claimed the Japanese minimum weight title, as he overcame Shinano in eight rounds. And then Ryoichi Tamura became the second champion this year, as he defeated Mikuchi Nakagawa with Super Bantamweight title. Now, looking at both of these guys, what's kind of next for their career? Tanaka, uh, what a big win for him, because... We had seen him go for the Japanese title against uh, Yagashi. Of course, he also lost to Kura. So this was an excellent win. What's next for his career? Um, it's going to be an interesting one. It could rematch the Kumi Sakai, who he beat last year. There's also Daiki Tamita in the title mix. And perhaps most interesting of the bunch is actually Kai Ishizawa, the Japanese youth champion. You could also then see him in potentially with Yuga anywhere who's no relation to Noya or Takuma or any of them, but is still a fantastic young fighter himself. And for Ono, um, do you think this is possibly his last hurrah? Yeah, he turned 36 in December, and he's had a long, hard career. Um, this is his fourth stoppage loss. He looked he looked like a man who gave everything in round six, which was the round of the fight, and it's hard to see him coming back from this. For the Super Bantamweights, Tamura, again, 31, so he's no spring chicken, but what would be next for him? Tamura's in an interesting position. The Japanese super bantamweight division, as we're going to mention later on, is a really interesting one. It's hard to see who he might actually defend the title against. The logical one would be a rematch with Yu Seku Kuga, but then you've got guys like Ryuichi Tamura, Takuya Mizuno, and Kisuke Sawada all there, thereabouts. The issue is that there's so many people who have advanced beyond national title level that he won't see him in with a big name in the division. It won't be like a Shingo Wake or Tomoki Kamida. Now, Tamura is from somewhat of a special gym. Uh, what what makes his gym so special? Yeah, the gym he's from is the JB Sports Gym, which is run by the author of the Ajini no Epo series of manga and anime which means that his manager is possibly the most famous artist in boxing. uh, Were you a fan of uh, the manga slash anime? I should be. I've not seen enough of it. What I've seen has been fantastic, but I've not seen anywhere near enough. What about yourself? Yeah, so I've seen a good amount of of the anime. I've never read the manga, but I've seen a good amount of the anime, and Gosh, the accuracy at what, at how well it was written, at least the anime, they make it seem pretty realistic. Although, you know, some of the characters are a little outlandish, but they do a good job at explaining the Japanese boxing scene. They're kind of like you, yeah, helping yeah, us, yeah. you know, learn about the Japanese boxing scene. Yeah, I guess when he's involved in the gym, it's kind of hands-on as well. He gets both ends of the knowledge. I think I think you're going to have to collab uh, with the creator, with the writer, and and make a new manga for uh, the next generation. Yeah, we're trying to get in touch with, I think it's Georgie Morikawa, I believe. There you go. We're, we're signing up Scott and, and Mr. Morikawa. Reach out to him. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, I did just mention the Japanese Superman weights, and it's worth noting that this weekend on Friday, Ryohai Takahashi 
actually the IBF Superfatmite title against TJ Dehaney. Um, as mentioned, sorry, as mentioned, the Japanese Superfatmite scene really is insane at the moment. You have Shingo Wake, you have Tomoki Kamida, Risuke Aiwasa, and Raihohe Takahashi, Shohei Omori, Yukimori Oguni. It's so packed right now that I really don't know where uh, tomorrow's going to face a notable fighter. I mean, there are options, like you say, but yeah, it's it's it'll be interesting to see where he he makes his next move, his next step, and he's not young, so he has to kind of get his uh, motor running right now and go after some big fights. Yeah, yeah, he may need to make it the title to get a fight the level he's uh, gonna want. So you talk about Taguchi and his upcoming bout. Uh, do you give him any chance against Doheny? No. <laughs> Takahashi has been doing more notice than we thought. Uh, when the bout was reported on January 8th, January 7th by Dan Raphael, he suggested it was a short notice fight. It turned out that Takahashi had been aware of the fight since the 1st of December, so had been training as if it was on, even if he did get all that call. The visa issue is a bad one, but he has been prepared for the fight. Unfortunately, Takahashi has looked good whenever he's faced a southpaw. His last fight was against Shingo Kusano, a southpaw, and Kusano couldn't miss with his straight left hand, so that's going to be a major issue against Dehaney. So you're saying here on the Asian Boxing Podcast, there is no hope, there is no prayer for Mr. Takahashi. There's a very slim chance. I... <laughs> you're, you're not going to take a couple thousand bucks and go to the nearest casino and put, put it on uh, Takahashi. I wouldn't advise that, no. Okay. I, well, I was, you know, I, I, I do uh, like to bet on a couple fights, and you, you never know. This is, this is like Buster Douglas, uh, Mike Tyson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we know the Japanese fighting spirit won't quit, but there's a massive gulf in skill between the two. And it's a shame that Takahashi hasn't had the chance to get over to the US with plenty of time to adapt to the conditions over there. He has trained, but he's not been in the US for very long. So this week, gosh, there are so many fun fights besides Doheny. Um, what does the Asian boxing scene look, especially like uh, this week, not only with Manny Pacquiao against Adrian Broner, who are some of the other fighters that are going to be fighting this week. Um, earlier on the same day in Japan on, on Saturday, there's Shingo Waka, who just mentioned, fighting Takafumi Nakajima. This is a rematch of Waka's last loss to a Japanese opponent about seven years ago. Since then, he has really just improved so much. He may have lost to Jonathan Guzman, but the reality is that he's still a top, top contender. Nakajima is a veteran, a proper veteran, but I don't Imagine he'll have the skills now to cope with Waka. On the same card, we'll see Daisuke Sugita battle Raya Abe in what is a strange fight, really. Um, Abe has a guaranteed title shot on May 1st at the Japanese featherweight title, win or lose. And Sugita doesn't get paid to fight because he's a Japanese police officer and he can't keep his purses. Also on that card is Kenji. Really? Sorry? He can't keep, he, he's a, he can't keep his money? No. no he, oh, what? He earns from boxing. That's horrible. It's even worse when he's 
facing a well-run fight next time out. <laughs> I mean, you're going out there getting your brains bashed in, so to speak, and can't keep your money. <sighs> so doesn't it? I, I respect that, though. I mean, that takes a lot of guts. It shows that he wants to do the sport. So I guess that's telling how much he loves boxing as opposed to how he sees it as a career, how he sees it for money, which is a cool way of thinking about it. Also on that card, we'll see Kenshin Oshima take on Ikuro Sadatsune in what could be the bout of the show. I'm a big Sadatsune fan. I think he's fantastic, very underrated, very overlooked. He's a very promising 21-year-old who shocked the Japanese scene last year when he beat Tatsuya Takahashi. And I can see him going a long way, really long way. Now, looking at kind of the two guys that really stand out to me in, in this card, obviously, Walkit. What's next for him if he gets this victory? There are a couple guys that he could go up, up against maybe for a title shot. Will it be TJ Doheny? Obviously, Daniel Roman, Ray Vargas are also a part of their title holders for a junior featherweight or a super bantamweight. Uh, what would be next for him? He has made it public that he wants to fight any champion. He has particularly targeted Tomoki Kamida, the WBC interim champion, but it doesn't seem like Kamida's biting. He uh, got very public with a few talks at the end of last year. I I almost personally think he could take Kamida there. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Kamida has the power to keep Waka there. I think he'll probably walk through him. The other champions in the division look like they're going to be tied up for a while, don't they? Roman has just been ordered to fight Murat John Akhmedalia from Uzbekistan, the 6-0 former amateur standout. Doheny has his fight this weekend. Revagas will have to defend his title against Franklin Manzilla and then has Kamida. It's a division where there's a lot of talent and it could be a while until we see any titles freeing up. And then for Abe... I really have appreciated his career because he kind of started out and you thought, oh, I don't know how good he really is going to be. He's lost in his second fight, but has really cleaned up things. And he's technical, um, maybe not the biggest punch, but as a southpaw, he's tricky, he's crafty. Um, I know he has the Japanese featherweight title coming up after this with Minamoto, but do you think he has a, a shot at, at getting on uh, on the world stage? Yeah, certainly. He's already world-ranked, I think, by the IBF in like the top 10. And he holds a really, really notable winner of Satoshi Hosanna. He has the skills to go very long way. It's just whether or not he can put those together on the big stage. The one big problem he perhaps has is the fact that he's, I guess, quite low down the pecking order when it comes to Japanese featherweights because you've also got Satoshi Shimitsu in the title mix and his promoter has deeper pockets, should we say, than Arbe's. That would be a fun fight. Just both of them going uh, at each other. Two southpaws and, of course, one with a lot of power and a little bit taller, but one craftier and probably a little bit uh, of a better boxer, even though Shimizu has the amateur background. Yeah, I don't know how he won an Olympic medal. He's the least technical that have ever seen to an Olympic medal. What an of course, he was part of that controversial decision where, I mean, the ref was in the pocket of someone and and you know Shimizu kept knocking the guy down and they had to re reverse the ruling but I agree with you I don't know how he won an Olympic medal but it seemed like in the Olympics he was a little bit more technically proficient 
And now in the pros, he just goes out there and just swings for the fences. Horribly regressed, but so entertaining to watch. We're horrible people. We enjoy toe-to-toe fights. <laughs> um, and then on the Sunday, also on Saturday, we have the big card from the US with Manny Pacquiao. Don't expect that to be toe-to-toe. I don't think Bruno will do enough to drag Pacquiao into any sort of a wall, but you never know with Bruno, do you? He's so frustrated, especially for American fans, because he was that supposed to be the next guy uh, after Floyd, and he kind of got exposed. Maidana exposed him, and Mikey Garcia exposed him, but he's still a talented boxer. It's just I don't think he punches enough for Pacquiao. I don't think he has the mental aptitude to do it at all. I think he's one of the, quite a lot of fighters at the moment who are mentally not clicking properly. He has bags of skill just doesn't have the mental aptitude for it at the moment. It really is incredible what Pacquiao has done with his career because he's lost some speed, he's lost some power, but even at 70% of what he was or 60% of what he was, he's still a top fighter. Yeah, yeah. even at the age of 40 and with 69 fights behind his dynamics, it's amazing what he can do. He looks like he's actually technically better than he's ever been. Working on his angles a little bit. I was watching video of him with Freddie Roach and in and out, of course, in and out, what he does really well. But it's good to see him and Freddie get back together. It's like peaches and cream reunited and it feels so good. And that same card has a bunch of other Filipinos on it. Another really good fight from that card is Jack Tapar versus Hugo Ruiz. That, that looks like it's going to be fun. Of course, Hugo Ruiz, a excellent boxer and that's going to be for the interim world boxing association title is that correct yes the power's first defense after he won it um in malaysia last july on pacquiao mckiseka tapora is a undefeated a southpaw what do you like about his style he's aggressive heavy-handed very fun to watch until recently he was pretty much a filipino secret then he went and scored a big win in South Africa and then the win in Malaysia. And yeah, he looks like it's going to be a lot of fun to follow. Ruiz, of course, is always also a fun fighter. Very talented, heavy-handed. Best known in Asia, perhaps, for his fight with Hotsumi Hasegawa. That was fun. That was a fantastic fight uh, back in 2016. When Hasegawa took the WBC Super weight title from him in what was a thrilling nine-round fight. Got Hasegawa his third uh, title, correct? Third title in the third weight class? Yeah, yeah, completely sad. I don't think he um, would have retired until he got it, to be honest. He, he was just going to keep on going. Pretty much. It, he made it very clear that, that was his ambition to become a three-weight champion. Very, very glad he did it there because he'd taken a lot of punishment through his career. He's, he's always been one of my favorite fighters to watch just because I am a sucker for the southpaw. And uh, he had a fun southpaw style. He, he went right at you. Yes, such a fun style. Lots of speed, lots of counters, lots of angles. So much aggression. He's so much fun to watch. Now, also on that card, um, also another Filipino is going to be fighting as well. Yeah, it's J.R. Inson and Genesis Lebranza. I think Lebranza, who's fighting Carlos Waterago, that's a really good fight. And Lebranza's very untested. Waterago's on the slide. It's, it's going to tell us a lot about where both men are going. If Lebranza wins, he's moving on to big things. If he loses, Wutrago remains in the mix. JR Inson's fight with Jonathan Steele, I think that's going to be a little more than a showcase for Inson, who's looked fantastic when I've seen him in the past. He travelled over to Japan in 
2016, what's there, and beat up Ryota Yada, who's the current Japanese welterweight champion. And really, really beat up Yada in seven rounds. It was one-sided. So he's a big punch. He's exciting. He should beat Steele, if I'm being honest. For Pacquiao, if he comes out with a victory over Broner, where would you like to see him take his next fight? Do you think he should just call this quits? Or obviously, he's not going to do that. What's going to be his next fight? As much as we'd hate to say it and to see it, I think it will be the Mayweather rematch. I think there's too much money for that not to happen if he beats Broner. Nothing has changed. I mean, they're the same guys. It's probably going to be the same outcome. Yeah, it's going to make a lot of money. That's very true. And it's probably going to take at least 100 bucks out of my pocket. Yeah. Um, for Pacquiao's health, it's a lot better than facing Errol Spence. That's very true. Yes, I, I'd rather see Pacquiao face Mayweather than Errol Spence. Or Keith Thurman or any of the young dogs coming through the division. Though. Sean Porter, any, any of those guys, it probably would be better to see him go up against a guy who's closer to his age. Yeah, much better for his health. And his bank account. And also, uh, this weekend, Stevenson Rosales. That should be an interesting fight. Stevenson here in America, he was an Olympic guy on the Olympic team. And uh, Rosales also very competent. So uh, what, what do you see coming out with that? It's, it's a good one, isn't it? Um, Rosales only lost once to Johnny Gonzalez, of all people, losing in Mexico. So he's... He's confident. He's only been beaten once. He's the sort of fighter who's traveling with the intention of winning. Stevenson, as you mentioned, fantastic amateur. He hadn't impressed me until late last year when he he thrashed. Showed some power. Yeah, yeah. Completely demolished very old Simeon, who is tough. And he went through him like a butt three knife. If Stevenson can replicate that, he takes Rosales out early. If he can't, Rosales could give him trouble. The longer the fight goes, the more trouble I think Rosales gives him. Rosales a little bit more experience, too, in the game, at least the pro game. And at 27, um, a, a win against Stevenson would actually kind of put him, you know, in a better conversation for uh, future opportunities because Stevenson is so lauded as a prospect. Yeah. Yeah, and it would be his second big win on the road as well because he did beat Ibrahim Bala last year, uh, sorry, early last year, who was a 13-1 Australian touted fighter at the time. Most exciting news of the week, and it happened right before we ended our podcast, or right after, excuse me, we ended our podcast. This, by the way, the Asian Boxing Podcast with Colin and Scott. And it was a great Christmas present for myself I didn't have a Christmas present this year but I got one when I heard of this fight and uh, Taguchi Tanaka going on where where did you get the the big scoop for this Scott and um, how excited were you when you heard about it um, it was it's strange we'd basically tipped off in November December there was talks going on that this was about that they were targeting it had fallen through the previous year when Tanaka had to pull out with double fractures under his eyes. And then this week, finally get the announcement, it's on. Uh, broke very late in the UK, very early in Japan because they held a press conference live on... Uh, no, sorry. They held a press conference recorded for CBC in Tokyo 
Jackie's Twitter blew up about it. It's one of those fights that appears to have got the entire country talking. Yeah, not only has it gotten the entire country of Japan talking, but I think this is one of those fights that has other people around the world talking, especially after they saw Tanaka go at it with Sho Kimura in what was possibly the fight of the year. This could also be another fun one, although Tanaka probably has a little bit more pop than Taguchi. Taguchi is coming up, and Tanaka is just maybe a little bit more naturally stronger. Yeah, it's interesting you say Tanaka's the stronger guy. I'd like to see what Taguchi looked like at 112 pounds. I think he's been taking quite a lot out of his body by one down. He's a physical freak when it comes down to light flyweight, being about five foot six. He's just, he's always hard over opponents. So what's he going to be like with a few extra pounds of muscle lines for him? Of course, Taguchi is used to being in wars. We saw him go out with Melinda. We've seen him go out with everyone. You know, yeah. What what type of chance do you give him in against a great boxer like Tanaka? He's got he's got a really good chance. It's sort of a perhaps a 40-60 chance. He is a fantastic fight in his own right. We've all seen what Tanaka did, you know, what Tanaka can do. We've all seen Tanaka beat Kimura, beat Ryuji Hara, beat Angela Costa, um, beat Vic Solidar, but we've seen Tanaka show some frailties. We've shown him be willing to give up his skills and get into a war, and that might suit Taguchi. Tanaka's the guy who can box, and he can be smart, and then all of a sudden he says, you know what, this is just not entertaining enough for the fans, so I'm going to decide to just stand in the middle of the ring and go toe-to-toe with these other guys. It's what makes us all love him, doesn't it? It's what makes him watchable. It's what makes him fun. It's refreshing, too, because this is a guy who set a record or tied a record at least for least fights to have three titles in three different divisions. And now he comes in and he's going, you know, it's like maybe take a break, maybe get a a tune-up fight or not a tune-up fight, but an easier fight. And instead he goes right at a champion like Taguchi. Yeah. It's always been a case with uh, Kosai Tanaka and his brother Rayomai Tanaka that they want to be compared with the Inuyas. So, how else do you do it other than to take top fighters? Ryomi is still an amateur. He's very highly regarded in the Japanese amateur scene. But Kosai, he he comes from a less known boxing area than most of the other top Japanese fighters. He's not from Tokyo, so he has to perhaps put on bigger performances to get the attention that the fighters from Tokyo and Osaka do get, um, which... It's a double-edged sword. His other fights haven't typically been on TV in Tokyo. This one's getting widespread attention. It's going to be right across the country, which I guess shows just how much attention he's now getting. I'm excited. I know the world is excited. Um, I can't. I mean, it's what March, so that's a, that's kind of a ways away. I, I don't know if I can wait. <laughs> yeah, mid March, and then we're expecting a lot of good fights in there as well. Finally, good fight on the horizon. It's good to see. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more this year as well. Um, the feeling seems to be that the money is coming into these bigger fights, into these sort of more domestic fights as well. There appears to be more money out there, more money being put into good cards. That almost seems like some of the Japanese TV channels have brought in a new level of competitiveness. They've basically demanded better from the promoters involved in shows. 
Now all we can ask for them is to put Kenshiro on live TV. <laughs> yeah, Kenshiro Kaiguchi and New Year's Eve would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Yes, and then he won't get tape delayed. Is that too much to ask? Japanese TV, please put Kenshiro on so we can watch him live. That still hasn't been shown. <laughs> this weekend when it finally gets aired. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's basically a month after Shiro fought and no one has seen it besides the people in the ring and uh, in the stadium. So that's that's no fun. Shiro, to me, is one of the most marketable Japanese fighters just because of his personality. Yeah, fantastic personality, fantastic style, fantastic ambition, drive. He has it all. It's just, come on, Fuji. Air the damn guy. Yeah, he's just always smiling. He's always a happy guy. He's an amazing boy. Yeah. Babyface assassin. But how many nicknames he ends up with by the end of his career? He's gonna have he's gonna have quite a few. When you keep on smiling and throwing up the peace sign, you're gonna have a lot. And also when you look like twelve years old. Yeah, how long is that gonna go on for? How the hell does he have such baby first and he got Kaiguchi wearing Harry Potter glasses. It's what a weird pairing they have. Yes, that's what's going to be so fun about the fight. Is you have Harry Potter versus, which I don't know what he's supposed to be, but Ken Shiro's just a, a smiling guy. They're going to go up against each other, and um, it's going to be the fight of the century. It's weird. In the West, we build fights with this fake hatred. Ooh, this guy doesn't like this guy. In Japan, you have these two guys being fought together, sparring together. They're good friends. And yet they want to kick the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's shake hands at the beginning, beat each other up for 12 rounds, and hug each other and have some good food at the end of the day. It's crazy. It's wonderful. It's violent. It's, yeah, it's, I know it's probably the best boxing scene in the world. And it's been given close runs by the UK, of course, but I think at the moment it's, it's far better. The best fight, the best. That's what I like is you're seeing the best trying to go out and, and go up against each other with Taguchi and Tanaka scheduling this. And then, of course, hopefully Shiro and Kaioguchi making uh, a fight. Like you said, New Year's Eve would be a perfect date. It's the Asian Boxing Podcast. Scott and Colin and Scott, before we go, one more thing to talk about here top rank has confirmed okada versus beltran can we say it's the worst kept secret in boxing it's been on box rec for weeks it was broken by a mexican news website back in december and for whatever reason they've only just confirmed it today it's still not listed on okada's japanese website's uh, japanese promoter's website but yeah it's happening it's a good fight it should tell us a lot about both guys Okada looked awful on his US debut last year. Beltran looked poor losing his title to Jose Pedraza. It's a real must win for both guys. Do you believe this is a, a step up a little too high for Okada to go from how he looked in his first fight here in the United States to then go up against Beltran, who's a vet, who's a former world champ, who can kind of be that tough guy to really mess you up in there? I think he really underperformed on his US debut. He's better than he should. It's also worth noting that Beltran, I think, is probably on the slide. He may be getting it just the right time. 
Unfortunately, the winner of this is probably up against Jose Ramirez. Jose Carlos Ramirez, the WBC light welterweight champion later in the year. And I see Ramirez beating both of them quite easily. Ramirez, of course, on the same card going up against Jose Zepeda. That also that should be an interesting fight. But like you said, Ramirez is just a notch up above these other contenders. Genesis Cervania also on this card. Uh, what do you make of his fight against Carlos Castro? And Castro looks good on paper, but I don't see him being competition really for Cervania, who really showed how good he was against Oscar Valdez. He is a regular training partner of Noye Nue. He is one of the more underrated fighters out there. Castro has a brilliant record, 21-0, but against what fighters against what quality? I love the way Cervania fights, just comes forward. Decides to throw some bombs, continues to come forward. Fan-friendly type of uh, style for Cervania. And he should get at least one more title shot. He should. It's funny. Cervania earlier in his career is quite technical. Um, his first bout, I believe, on US TV was actually against Konosuke Tomiyama. If you've not seen that one, it's amazing. The first two or three rounds were fantastic. Both guys dropped in the first round. Um it ended in a technical decision, but the first few minutes were brilliant. Bloody brilliant. But yeah, he should definitely get another shot in the next couple of years, at worst, if he doesn't get one later this year. So again, that's what's going to be coming your way in terms of Asian boxing. There is so much, uh, especially this weekend, with Doheny fighting Takahashi. Of course, Rosales Stevenson, um, Pacquiao's big card, Wake and Abe. Man, are we spoiled? The years ain't just begun. It has just begun. Of course, the Asian Boxing Podcast with Scott and Colin, we've just begun as well. We want to thank you for listening to us, and uh, we'll be back next week, won't we, Scott? We will indeed. Hopefully, we'll have a headache. Yeah, Scott, you're a pro. You go through with a headache, and uh, you're right on point. Hopefully, next week. Um... We'll have this weekend's fights to talk about and hopefully, hopefully some more big news because there's meant to be several big announcements coming up, including the next bout of Shakram Giasov and Murajan Akhmedaliev. Don't want to miss it. It's the Asian Boxing Podcast with Scott and Colin.